If your spider plant is looking peaky and that Venus flytrap you bought just kicked the bucket, you need On The Ledge, the podcast about indoor gardening where you learn everything you need to know to keep your house plants looking lush. I'm Jane Perone. Join me and a host of wonderful guests to chat all things houseplants at On The Ledge Podcast. Happy New Year and welcome to the Miles to Memories podcast, our first episode of 2020. I'm Sean Coomer, your host, joined today by my cohorts in crime, Joe Chung and Mark Osterman. And today we have some great topics lined up for you. We're going to talk about the flagship Park Hyatt in New York on the heels of Joe's recent stay, whether the American Express Platinum card is worth that annual fee, and all of the things that you should be doing now that it is the brand new year. As a reminder, please consider subscribing to the show if you like it. You can find all of the links to subscribe at mtmpodcast.com. We support all of the podcast platforms, Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, and more. All of the links can be found at mtmpodcast.com. And lastly, in this new year, if you have been enjoying the show, if you enjoy the content on the blog or any of our Facebook groups, please consider telling a friend about us, letting them know about our content, about what we're trying to do here, and also consider leaving the podcast a review. It helps us reach more people, and we definitely love to hear from everybody. Thanks so much, and now let's get into the show. So, Joe, how has your uh, holidays been? How you, you were uh, off last week? What have you been up to? Uh, yeah, been all over the place. Currently recording at my parents' house, whose internet isn't too great, so hopefully that doesn't affect things too badly. Um, was in New York for a night with my wife. We went down to Charlotte for a few days to visit my sister-in-law and her infamous fire pit, which we got rained out for. So that was a bummer. Uh, so, boo. Yeah, it's been, I know, I know. But uh, it's been good. We've been traveling around, um, having a good time. What about you guys? What have you been up to? Sorry I missed last week, although uh, you know it's not normal that there's an upgrade in both the beauty and the brains department on this podcast podcast and uh, Bethany you know I'm sure did a much better job than I could have she's definitely prettier that's for sure <laughs> thanks Mark yeah thanks. thank you thank you to Beth- Bethany for uh, filling in last week she did a great job yeah everything's been good pretty quiet around here for the holidays uh, getting ready for the new year how about you Mark uh yeah we, we stayed home for the holidays uh we ended up my wife's birthday is a couple days after Christmas so she's one of those people that gets uh screwed on the gifts where everybody always says Hey, here's your birthday and Christmas present, you know, that joyous thing, even though it's just really the Christmas present. But talk uh, about getting screwed on the gifts. So on her birthday, you bought yourself a car. Is that right? Yeah, you made her go to kinda. a car dealership and then you just said, I'm going to buy myself a car. You sit <laughs> yeah. here. It's your birthday. But, you know, how'd that she go? did all the paperwork, too. So she got all the fun stuff. <laughs> <laughs> he actually uh, he actually bought her a bowling ball with the name Homer on it. We actually, we didn't sign for the, we went to a dealership. We've been looking for a car that has a third row uh, just because the kids are getting older. They're going to have friends and carpool and my niece and nephew, whenever we want to add them in. So we were looking for a little bit of an extended SUV. So we finally found one, like a deal popped up and it just happened to be like on her birthday that she found it. So we went over there, got it all set up. And then we had to go back last night to finalize the purchase. And of course, you know, in true fashion of used cars dealerships, they try to slide a thousand dollar fee in there that they we didn't discuss for like some coating they put on the outside and the inside to make the car nicer or whatever. And I said, my wife was doing the paperwork and I had left with the kids. So I had to turn around and go back and argue with them and say, this wasn't discussed at any point. You guys need to eat this. So we ended up coming to a 
a mutual agreement where I had knocked $400 off the price originally, and they basically put that back on with this fee. So, you know, the shadiness continues with uh, used car salesmen, I guess. <laughs> well, happy birthday, Kirsten. And uh, yeah, she's, Mark put you she's driving. That. She'll drive it. <laughs> <laughs> when's, her, uh, when's her actual birthday? Uh, it was on the 28th. Oh, okay. I'm the 27th, but, you know, no one cares about me, so. <laughs> happy birthday, Joe. So you get shafted, too. I actually got I actually got zero presents this year because I gave a bunch of presents to myself this fall. So I told my wife, uh, you know, she could just uh, let it go. Did she give you a TJ Maxx card as your uh, present? Oh, I wish, man. <laughs> I wish that was like at the top of my list, but uh, that didn't work out. For those of you who don't know the reference, if you don't follow me on Twitter, uh, my wife and I were at a TJ Maxx in New York City, and this announcement came over the loudspeaker: anyone who signs up for a TJ Maxx card gets ten percent off their purchase today. And she was buying a, a six dollar pair of tights, and so I was uh, pretty nervous there that we wouldn't get out of there with, without the sixty cent discount. <laughs> no uh, Nordstroms to hit up in New York City, I guess. No, I, I did. I tell you this, Mark. We were so we were staying at the Park Hyatt in New York, which I know we're going to get to later. But uh, so we were staying there, and there's a Nordstrom and a TJ Maxx nearby. Um, and we had split up because I went to go check in, and she went to go, you know, buy what whatever she needed to buy. When she texted me, she's like, "I'm a TJ Maxx." And so when I got there, I was like, "Why are you here? Like, why aren't you at Nordstrom? Didn't you just get the Nordstrom card?" She's like, "I left it in Boston, so I didn't want to go to Nordstrom." So, <laughs> so Classic. she had to make the walk of shame to TJ Maxx. She just wanted you to have a tantrum in TJ Maxx as well as Nordstrom. Yeah, no, I, I was chill. You know, I had the I had the holiday spirit. <laughs> Let me give you guys a pro tip: don't go to TJ Maxx or Nordstrom or anywhere shopping on the twenty uh, third of December. It is crazy. The lines were like wrapped around the entire store, and it was New York City, so the store was already tight to begin with. Yeah, TJ Maxx and Kohl's are like my two least favorite stores because of the way they have set up and check out. And it's always a hassle and people are always asking a ton of questions and it's just annoying. I, I can't stand either store, really. I'll take TJ Maxx over Ross, though. Ross is like the is the worst out here. So many lines and like clothes thrown all over the floor and it's just insane. So you say you stayed at the Park Hyatt in New York and we'll talk about that, but you were also slumming it at the Radisson this week, right? Yeah. So, you know, maybe four or five years ago, it was like all the rage to have to sign up for like multiple of the Radisson cards uh, or Club Carlson cards at the time. Right. Um, it was still Club Carlson, yeah. they were like 85,000 yeah. points each. And so I got two of them. I don't even remember what the rules were. I just knew that I could get two. And so you know, five years ago, I had like 170,000 Club Carlson points, which are now Radisson points. And as of last week, I still had 100,000. And the only 70,000 I had used was booking for my dad. So possibly like the most useless points I've ever earned in my entire life. And that was those were the credit cards that taught me to like, you know, don't buy into the hype when bloggers um, are excited about certain credit cards because just because certain credit cards are exciting, that doesn't mean that they're good for your use. And I was sitting on 100. 170,000 Razzin points for like four years. And then I used 70,000 for my dad. And then finally I used another like 67,500 for a uh, quote unquote one bedroom suite at the country in its suites um, in Charlotte near my sister-in-law's place. I can't even tell if that room was any bigger than a normal room at the country in its suites would have been. It was not a great hotel overall. You know, we went in, it was like all dark, like most of the lights were off except for the one light by the front desk. So um, that was kind of creepy. Uh, I was right across the highway from Tassels, uh, which is a, you know, gentleman's club. Closed oh, so on Sundays, that's where, though. That's where you were at at night? <laughs> <laughs> nope, closed on Sundays. You know, they respect the Lord's Day down there in uh, Charlotte. <laughs> I assume it was closed because the neon lights were off that day. But, uh, nice. you know, what? 
wasn't the most exciting area that we had ever been in. And then there was like, I hope it was coffee on the floor, but like kind of drips of coffee in the hallway that, you know, I was like, is this coffee? Is this blood? Like, I'm not sure. It was there for like seven hours. One night our room didn't even get made. Anyway, it wasn't the greatest hotel, but it was a place to stay uh, that was essentially, normally I don't say using points is free, but for these Radisson points, it's basically free because I got them five years ago and they've been useless to me. Um, And so we did have that separate room, which was super clutch because we could put the baby down first and the rest of us could kind of do our thing before we went to bed. The big thing with the uh, that card back in the day was the BOGO where you could do one award night and then get the second night free. So I think that's why everybody was freaking out about it, which was amazing. And then as soon as they gutted it, everybody canceled it. Radisson's terrible. I don't want anything to do with it. So I've actually been looking at getting into Radisson Rewards more going forward because Wyndham has dropped from their 15,000 everywhere. That was going to be like my third option. So now Radisson's kind of the one I'm considering. I, I think it's better international. Uh, some of their hotels are cheap over in Europe and, and even in like uh, Nassau and stuff. But yeah, that was the big thing back in the day. I know what you're saying. Everybody was uh, so excited about that and pumping it everywhere. <laughs> Yeah, the funny thing is, even with the BOGO, like I never was able to find, I was a little bit late to the game, but I still had about six to nine months to book a BOGO. And I ended up booking one in the Caribbean or somewhere, but we ended up not taking that trip. And it was it was still even hard for me to use it like like that. So um, it just didn't kind of jive with our travel plans. We had a really, we had a baby at the time. So we weren't going to like sacrifice location for the deal at that moment. Yeah, understandable. Well, I have good news. I just uh, I had to reset my password to get into the account, but I have ninety two thousand Radisson points right now. So I guess I should uh, should do something. That's one night that. at a Radisson Blue, I guess. <laughs> I yeah, actually or three used, nights at a Country Inn and Suites. I actually used the bonus award night quite often back in the day, and I held my nose every time I walked into one of those hotels. I just didn't like them. It wasn't a matter of them not being fancy because I've certainly stayed in. Especially in Europe, like Radisson Blues, they're you know decent hotels, but I just didn't like the service at the hotels. They they were older and run down, and um, I just didn't have a stay where I left a Radisson or any of their properties feeling great. Although I know they have some nice properties here, like in the Mall of America and in Chicago, they have nice newer Radisson Blues. So maybe I'll use my ninety thousand points somewhere. But I use the Bogo at the Radisson uh, Martinique or however you say it in New York City, and it was the weirdest room, and it was just cut weird and it didn't have a closet. They just like put up two little walls and a bar across to hang your stuff in. And it was the crappiest room I've stayed at in New York city. So yeah, not, not the best. I I know they have some gems, but harder to find, maybe even more difficult than Wyndham to find quality locations, at least in the U S in the U S for sure. So I haven't had a lot of experience. So I'm curious, you know, I think you guys were telling me that you'd stayed at country Inn and suites before to me, like I was expecting something akin to like a Hyatt place. Um, and Hyatt places are fine. They, you know, they're no uh, Hyatt places I mean, is way nicer. <laughs> well, that's what, that's what, I, that's what I was about to say. Like the Hyatt places seem like way nicer than the country in and suite. So, you know, I'm not sure, like, am I being a snob here or is it just, you know, a step down from even the Hyatt place? Yeah. I'd no, I put it, it online with like the IHG. What, what's the brand that is like the extended stay IHG or whatever. I'd put it in line with that or like Homewood suites with Hilton, stuff like that. Yeah. Springwood. I I would say actually like a like on the level of a comfort suites, maybe a little bit nicer. I'd say it's a two star kind of level. They would advertise it as three star, but it's certainly not the same quality as a Hyatt Place or a Courtyard by Marriott or a Spring Hill, uh, something like that. I'd say it's a step down from that. But I've stayed at a couple of them and they were fine and I didn't have any issues. They were a little older. They were like in the Midwest and uh, they were good 
stays back then. Like I, I think it was 22,000 points for two nights with the bonus award night. So it was a great deal back then, but Hyatt place, definitely a lot nicer. Yeah. Stay stay bridge suites is the one I was thinking of for IHG. That's that I would compare it to. Yeah. I kind of agree with that. Pretty stay bridge suites is pretty basic stuff. Although it's extended stay country and yeah, it's not extended stay, <laughs> but country and in suites is not extended stay. So it's, it's more like a, I, again, I would I would compare it to comfort, uh, like a choice hotel, something like that. I'm so sad that Sean didn't laugh at my, you basic. It's your favorite gif of all all time, or jif, however you want to say it. <laughs> yeah, only when uh, yeah, basic. Uh, Kristen Bell is saying it, yeah, from uh, from the good place. <laughs> yeah, basic. <laughs> best show, best show. I got one more quick um, thought from my holiday travel, and that was I ended up booking American Airlines first class seats for 15,000 avios each uh, for our return flight. And I just want to kind of put out that reminder that especially when you're traveling in peak season, make sure you look at those first class or upper cabin seats uh, domestically because you know sometimes that ends up being cheaper than flying in economy. Because if we hadn't found those seats, we probably wouldn't have gone because it would have probably cost us six or $700 round trip in economy. Um, and so you know, I just wanted to kind of put that out there to you know, make sure you look at first class and stuff like that if you've got points to burn and you're traveling during peak times. I love when uh, you go to America and sometimes you find a flight where economy is 30,000 and first class is 25,000. <laughs> it always cracks me up. Well, before we before we get into the to the main show, I did want to just to mention I was in San Diego this past weekend, like a last minute Christmas stay. And those kinds of stays are fine. I mean, it was $99 to stay right in downtown San Diego. And uh, the hotel didn't have a su- any suites available, but I had an extra suite upgrade, a globalist suite upgrade. So I emailed them and I was able to get them to give us a suite and it was a great stay. So if you ever have like flexibility around the holidays, sometimes like Christmas in that time, you can get hotels really, really cheaply. And if you can combine that with status, you can get a, an amazing deal. For us, lounge access, 1,200 square foot suite. I, I even got free parking for $99 a night at the uh, Grand Hyatt in San Diego. So highly recommend that. All right, let's get into the show here and uh, start by talking about the card that everybody loves or loves to hate, but it's certainly a card that everybody knows about and talks about, and uh, that's the American Express Platinum card. And Ian on the website this week actually wrote an article going through the many reasons why he doesn't feel like the card adds, the the annual fee of the card uh, gives him the value that he needs in order to get it. And I thought it was a good article and one to discuss. Um do you guys, I have a platinum card. Actually, I have two platinum cards right now. Do you guys currently carry the American Express Platinum? My wife has one. I don't. I tried to get the Charles Schwab version a couple of years ago, but I got the pop-up, so I didn't end up getting that. But my wife's had hers. It was the old Mercedes-Benz card that's been transferred over to the regular platinum. And we've had that a couple of years. Uh, last year, she got a 20,000-point retention offer. So we stuck with it. But this year, unless there's another retention offer, I'm kind of in Ian's boat where I just don't, she doesn't travel enough or use the lounges enough to make it worth it. So I think we'll downgrade it to either the gold card, which is most likely, or maybe the green card. I haven't really dug into the green as much, but I think that's where it's at right now. What about you, Joe? Yeah, I've got one of each right now. Uh, sorry, one personal, like normal version and one business. I uh, have also thought about getting the Schwab one in the future. For me, personal platinum cards are kind of all about the sign up bonus and getting as much value as you can out of it in like the first year. Uh, you know, I think this is my third personal, maybe, uh, including the Mercedes Benz variety. Five years ago, when there were no other premium cards, you know, the platinum card was a lot more attractive um, with its airline credits and 
even the global entry, I know Ian said that it's only good once every five years, but yes, that's still like $20 a year if you average it out and all those other things. And the status was good back in, back in the day, like having Hilton Gold status, like that might be how I got my first Hilton Gold status, which got me free breakfast in the Conrad Bali six years ago. But now you can get Hilton status from like anywhere. There are premium credit cards with airline credits that are like much easier to use. And so and then the annual fee has gone up for the platinum card. So it is tough to justify. Let's go through the different parts of his article and we'll kind of address the the different kind of points that he makes and see how that fits for us. He starts out talking about the, the credits. And I think that the credits are the biggest selling point, I think, for a lot of people, at least in the way that they sort of offset the cost in their mind. The platinum card comes with $200 in Uber credits every year. And this is the personal platinum card, uh, $200 airline incidental fee credit. And then $100 SAX credit, which is $50 every six months, and uh, TSA pre-check, as you said, every five years. So, I mean, how do you guys value those credits? Do you take them at face value if you're able to maximize them? Do you discount them when you're trying to figure out what value you're getting every year compared to the annual fee? For Uber, if it was a flat $200 credit where it just went into your account and you could use it whenever, I would put it pretty much at face value almost. But since it's $15 a month or 35 in December, it's, I, I cut it down quite a bit, probably like 60, 70% of value because you're not traveling every month, or at least most people aren't. So it's not like you're using Uber every month. And then some people will say, yeah, but you could use Uber Eats, but Uber Eats comes with either a delivery charge, which sometimes there's a code that you can get it waived, but there's still a service charge. So that eats, you know, half of your credit. So is it really worth the full amount if you're paying, you know, an Uber delivery fee. Uh, from the airline, when you used to be able to use gift cards, I probably put it at like 80, 90% value. Um, now that's more difficult. I know there's still a few uh, loopholes out there that you can find on Flyer Talk, but it's definitely more difficult to use. So I, I in my recent article about the Aspire, um, I put it at like 50% for most people. A lot of people will put it at more than that. I'll probably use it for um, like spirit seats and stuff. So I'll get pretty much full value out of it. But I see why people will discount it. In Saks, when you used to be able to buy gift cards, now they, if you buy a gift card, Amex will come and charge you for it. So, but I used to buy gift cards, like I built up like $250 worth of them, then would go get my wife something nice um, for her birthday that wasn't my vehicle. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I don't even know if I value sex at all. I mean, I order, I'll order a shirt or some clothes or something, but it's not something I want to bought anyway. So I put probably zero on that now. What about you guys? I think uh, the loopholes were good, and we are not fishing for loopholes because we know them, dear commenter. But <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we're not. We don't need but, uh, you to tell us <laughs> the loopholes. Yeah, but the loopholes, you know, they're all closing. I mean, they're not officially closed, but with the Saks gift cards getting clawed back, you know, I'm pretty sure that the particular thing that I was doing with my airline credits, which was as good as cash, um, is going to get closed. So. Then what it becomes is that that airline credit is, you know, I'm just paying for my flights. Like, let's say, you know, I know that um, people have said that, you know, if you buy like a cheap flight with Delta, like a $70 flight or something like that, a lot of times that'll code for the credit. Or you can buy Southwest stuff and Southwest, you know, doesn't care. Like you can always refund your flight. But then I'm paying for my flight on Southwest. And, you know, my goal is to pay cash for my flights as little as possible. So that's to me. And I think this is a nuanced thing that sometimes people don't get. If I'm using that $200 to pay for flights that I'm going to take, even in your example, Mark, uh, the spirit seat, or if 
for me, you know, I fly JetBlue a lot. If I use it to buy even more space seats, I am just paying cash to American Express for my travel instead of paying it to JetBlue or Southwest or whoever. And so I try to avoid that. And that's what's made um, the Platinum kind of drop quite a bit recently um, and starting with that Saks Credit clawback. What about you, Sean? Yeah, I think that over the years, the value that those credits give me has certainly diminished. I do tend to use my Uber credit every month. Again, like Mark said, I'm getting, usually I'm using it for Uber Eats and fees are eating it up. So it's certainly not face value. And then I have over the years managed to get, I feel like cash value for some of my other credits, but that really can't be counted on. So I think I've tended to actually look back and try to look at the actual value I get from those credits in trying to figure out in retrospect, if it made sense. Uh, generally, it has in the past. You know, I've been able to get very close to 100% of value off a lot of these credits, especially the travel credits, but I don't see that as being something that I can count on in the future. So it certainly plays into my calculation, as does uh, the next thing. And th- you kind of hit on this a little bit, and that's the you know weak kind of hotel status that you're getting with the American Express Platinum card. You're getting Marriott Gold status, which in the past when I've I've used it, it hasn't really done much for me as far as upgrades or any real tangible benefits. And then you get that Hilton gold, which as you mentioned, uh, you can get for cheaper with other cards. Now the Marriott and Marriott gold's worth less than it used to be like years ago, right? With the, the merge and everything, didn't they kind of devalue gold? Does Marriott gold still match to United silver? Because that's worth at least uh, economy plus seats like, 24 hours in advance or something like that. I think you need Marriott Titanium to get United Silver now. Boo. Yeah, so it's garbage. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know about garbage, but it's certainly garbage. And I think that this highlights what, like, who the target demographic is for this card. It's for, you know, people who are traveling somewhat, but they're not as, as savvy and they want some, you know, they want the prestige of having a platinum card, but they also want some small tangible benefits. And people like us are going to find, you know, much better value elsewhere. He also talks about the lounge access, which I know is a big selling point for a lot of people. Um, it comes with, of course, access to American Express Centurion lounges, but they also have partner lounges like escape lounges. And then of course you get a priority pass membership, which allows two guests, but uh, you can't access any of the priority pass restaurants. Um, do you guys use your lounge access or is this a benefit you have with so many other cards that you're not really using the American Express benefit for lounges? I would say on the priority pass, pretty much everybody and their brothers giving it away these days. And with MX taking away the restaurants, there's better options out there. It also has Delta Lounge access, which is good for me. If I'm, but it's annoying that you have to be flying Delta and that you can't bring in any guests. If you could bring in two guests to the Delta lounges with this card, it would be worth it for me because I fly out of Detroit, which is you know we fly Delta quite a bit. But the fact that if I'm ever going with anybody else, I'd have to pay twenty nine dollars for them to get in makes it worthless. You know, unless I'm flying solo, I'm not going to go into that lounge or my one other buddy who has access to it um, will go in. But yeah, I, I don't value the lounge that much. And I know Centurion lounges are all over full now, nowadays. So it's tough to get in or find a seat, which is um, something that people get upset about. So I don't know. It, it used to be more, didn't you used to get American uh, Airlines lounge back way back in the day too with it? I think you're uh, right, Mark. It did come with American Airlines lounge access. Uh, that was way long ago, so they they made a lot of changes to it. I think the the reason we wanted to highlight this post was because I think it's a great process to go through to see 
you know, when, when a card makes sense to you or not, obviously for Ian, it didn't, maybe for us, at least when it comes to the fees and stuff like that, it doesn't always make sense. But do you guys have anything else to add to the platinum card, to the discussion about it before we move on? No, I would just say what you said, crunch the numbers um, for yourself. Each individual person is going to have a different take on it. I know some people in the comments found the card super valuable and others didn't. So as with anything, it's it's totally independent to your situation. Yeah, I agree. All right. And then let's move on then. Uh, so Joe, you hinted at it earlier, but you just had a one night stay at the Park Hyatt in New York. Uh, how did that go? Yeah, it went great. Uh, you know, I emailed beforehand um, saying oh, I'm a globalist. I'm celebrating my birthday. Anyway, I could get an upgrade. I know Bob Dwyer from Milenomics has gone to the Terrace Suite multiple times, which is super nice. Um, so I asked for that. Did not get that. I got what they called, I think, a studio suite, which was still like super nice. Um, you know, this is the second Park Hyde I stayed at. And, you know, and t- it is not the country in its suites. Let me tell you guys. <laughs> yeah, it's a beautiful hotel. So you couldn't uh, even get a you couldn't even get a birthday present from Park Hyatt, man. You really struck out this year. I know, I know, I know. What can I say? <laughs> I mean, I did get the I did get the upgrade. So I'm not, you know, I'm I was very appreciative of the upgrade. And honestly, when we have those huge rooms, you know, it's it's like kind of cool to show off. But if my family's not there, we don't really need all that space anyway. So um, my wife and I were happy. She, I, I think she had never seen um, one of those TVs that's built into the mirror before. So that kind of blew her mind. So uh, you know, she's. She's a Nordstrom person, you know, she doesn't know about these mirror TVs. Because <laughs> she's never been to Vegas because even like the link has it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, it was a great stay. Uh, as a globalist, I got free parking. You know, globalists on award stays get free parking, which was like $75 in value. Uh, we got free breakfast, even though they charge us for it. So I had to like call later to get it the charge removed. Um, but we had free breakfast as room service. That was awesome. Um, and the whole stay was just, um, really amazing. You know, it's a quick walk to Columbus circle. I felt like the whole entire property is just super comfortable and relaxing and, uh, feels way more luxurious than the 30,000 world of Hyatt points I used. And I know that's a lot of world Hyatt points, but it felt worth it to me. And I know you guys have stayed there before. What are your impressions of the property? Um, I would say it didn't feel super comfortable, felt kind of cold and crotchety i guess i don't know uh <laughs> it's it's beautiful the rooms are beautiful the property is beautiful the pool is beautiful but it just didn't feel right to me it just felt kind of cold and lifeless and no personality and everybody's kind of uptight and you know you walk in and you do the uh check-in on the um ipad and they take you up to your room and stuff and it it, it just feels scattered kind of like i would have liked to check in in the main area instead of having these people follow me around but I, the location's great, you know, everything's perfectly done. So I guess I'd say that I don't think I'd stay there again, but it's it's worth doing for one one time, I think, especially for a, a birthday celebration or something like that. I think Sean kind of feels the same way as me on that. I wonder if it was well, different. Um, there were Christmas decorations out. And so, you know, the whole lobby was like pretty festive. There was like a leave a note for Santa thing happening for like the kids. So and I checked in in the main area like i didn't i you you had to check in what at that like little desk when you walk in the front door yeah there was like a people standing there and they walked up with you to take you like to your room and you checked in as you were riding up in the elevator so i mean we stay i stayed there oh probably like three years ago this was back in the where the high card gave two free nights anywhere so we used it there so i'm guessing that's changed it used to be a brand standard for park hyatt to do an in-room check-in but i don't think that they're doing it 
at many properties. I know in New York, I, on a, I've been there three times to the park in New York. I've stayed there three times and I haven't gotten an in-room check-in on any of them. But uh, special. <laughs> no, I mean, that's that's great. And like you, I'm not a big fan of in-room check-in. I don't need to be escorted to my room. Um, yeah, but, I hate that, actually. I would have hated that. They didn't do that yeah, for me. I didn't. I did not like it. I really do like the bones of the hotel. I think it's like you say, Joe, it really feels uh, of a different quality than many of the other hotels in New York City, especially. But it just feels like a high end hotel. I've had mixed experiences with service at the hotel, um, and I've just sort of kind of settled myself into not expecting five star service there. And that's okay with me because I like the rooms that much. To me, the rooms are great. I've stayed in that studio suite once before. On my last trip last year, I stayed there for one night and they offered to upgrade me to a suite, but I got there at like seven in the morning and they gave me early check-in. So I only had a, like a, a Central Park view room, a regular room that had a view of Central Park, but they let me check in at seven in the morning, which was amazing. But yeah, I think my overall favorite part of that hotel is the water pressure though in the shower. Like the showers there are absolutely amazing. Did you notice that? Like it just dumps water on you. Yeah, it was a great shower. And there was uh, the rain shower head and then the removable one. And then you could turn them both on at the same time. So it was quite a bit of water pressure. Yeah, lots of fun there. And the heated floors and, you know, just did you have a view of Central Park or did your when I had a studio suite, it looked out over the street. Yeah, we were looking at Carnegie Hall. So uh, it would have been nice to look at Central Park. But, you know, I mean, I'm not going to complain. Our tub overlooks Central Park. Once again, I'm special. Wait, were you in a suite or you were in a regular room? I think it was just a regular room. Yeah, yeah. They, I think the suites that look over Central Park are harder to get. So I think most people end up in the suites that have the, the city views. And then you can get upgraded if you're in a regular room to, to Central Park. Although, again, the it's not right on Central Park. So there are buildings between where the Park Hyatt is and Central Park. So you get kind of a sliver view of Central Park, but it's still kind of cool. But yeah, I think overall, it's a great hotel that everybody should probably try, especially if you have some sort of status, which will get you those extra benefits. And uh, if you look at it at 30,000 points compared to some of those other hotels that are 20, 25,000 in New York, I think it's, you know, it's a steal. What is your guys' favorite New York City hotel? Since it's such a popular destination, I think we should each share our favorite one. So outside of the Park Hyatt, I've just stayed at like random... I stayed at a double tree like downtown once. I've stayed at some like random properties, like maybe Holiday Inns or something like that. So I feel like in terms of comparison, like Park Hyatt in New York is the nicest New York hotel I've stayed at. It's the only time I've actually booked a hotel for the hotel in New York. Usually I just kind of book whatever's cheap or whatever I can find. So I'd have to go with that one just due to lack of experience. Yeah, for me, I, I stayed on a few different stays at the Park Hyatt and I've stayed at a few other Hyatts. I really like the Intercontinental Times Square. The rooms there are pretty small and it's a pretty busy hotel, but I really have enjoyed that hotel. But yeah, the my favorite hotel would have to be the Park Hyatt. Um, as far as experience goes, I, as far as value goes, I've, you know, I stayed at the Andaz Wall Street on a weekend one time for like less than $100 a night in a suite. To be that value-wise, that was probably as good as it gets. Yeah, I think points-wise value, Guildhall is probably number one right now, 15,000 points. I'm sure that's going to go up at some point in the future. It's not the my favorite hotel, but you can't beat that price. Kind of off the wall for my favorite one is, uh, hold on, let me get the name right. The Hilton Garden in New York, Central Park South, Midtown West. That's a that's a long name, but it's... That's a mouthful. <laughs> yeah. It's like three blocks uh, south of Park Hyatt and like one block over. So it's, it's a great location. And what I liked about it was 
I got it cheap for like a couple, like 150 bucks or something. And I used an Amex offer. Um, you can use points for it. It goes as low as 40,000 points, I think. But on the second floor, they have balcony rooms, which has this huge, like a chair and a lounge. And with my diamond status, you do that like 24 hour check in, pick your own room. I actually like went down to the second floor and picked that room. Then I had this huge walkout patio, which is like unheard of in New York City. So if you can get that, I don't think you can beat it really. I mean, there's a fence around it so nobody can like fall off and stuff. So you don't get really views, but just to have like outside space to have coffee in the morning or like cocktails at night and stuff, I think it's pretty crazy. So now one I really want to check out is the Beekman. That looks awesome. And I haven't been there yet. Yeah, Guildhall is, I think, like you say, it's a it's an all right hotel. Nothing special about it, but it's a good value on points, especially when cash rates are high. And I think Globalists get like 125 bucks at breakfast there too, which is pretty crazy. And the breakfast is decent. Yeah, I don't know what you'd spend 120. The breakfast wasn't expensive if I remember right. but No, but you could have like four people there, even yeah. though you're only supposed to have it for two. Yeah, so I mean, it, and it, the location is good if you want to be downtown. And certainly, like I said, you can use a category one through four cert there as well. It's the only it's the only Manhattan property that you can you can do that at for Hyatt. So yeah, I think lots of options. I think my strategy with New York is always to sort of look at the cash prices depending on the season I'm visiting. Look at my points balances generally, and then try to figure out figure out what I'm doing and try to get the best value. And I've actually even stayed at like the Hyatt Place in Long Island city and then just taking the train over to get a better value if prices are high. So that's sort of how I approach it. All right. And uh, let's move on to our last topic of the day. And this is something that's important to you, Mark, because you are proactive about taking care of everything at the beginning of the year and not procrastinating to use all your travel credits and things like that. Like me, Um, the last few days I've been scrambling to get all my credits uh, taken care of, but you had it all taken care of in January. So, so I know you, uh, you wrote a list of things people should be looking at, which credits that they should be doing. You know, what's your best advice for starting the new year off in the miles and points space on the right foot? Well, it was a lot easier last year where you, with uh, the MX credits, you get gift cards and just kind of bang them out real quick. So it's going to be more difficult this year. Uh, I still try to do them as early as possible so I don't have to worry about it or don't lose. There's so many people that comment in our Facebook group like, oh no, I'm, I have to use this credit in the next three days, which I do. Don't be in that spot. Use them first and foremost, get them done so you don't lose any value. Otherwise, you know, that uh, break even that you were at with your platinum card is now a a big loss. So my plan for this year is I have I already have flights booked um, on Frontier and um, Spirit. So I'm going to bang out my two Aspire credits, getting seats for those. Uh, And then I just have like a platinum credit left. And I haven't decided if I'm going to try the Delta book a cash flight or just save it for more Spirit. I'll probably just leave that open until I have a booking that I know I can use it for. And then I'll select my airline because once you select it, you're kind of locked in. So I'll give myself a little bit of time to choose which airline I want to go with for that card. But what are you guys uh, planning on doing this year? Well, as Joe said uh, earlier, you know, certain methods of uh, things that have worked in the past are probably going to die. Stop fishing for methods. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, please. Everybody, I really don't know what I'm going to do. So please email me, Sean at milestomemories.com uh, to tell me. No, I, I, I am going to do my best to be proactive this year to get these things taken care of early in the year because we've seen things die so rapidly lately that I'm not going to assume that something that works on January 1st is going to work on December 31st, 2020. So I'm going to do my best to get these credits taken care of. Luckily, I just did a lot of that this week. So I've got it fresh on the mind. I should be able to do it again next week to take care of a lot of those credits. You know, elite status is, is already lined up for next year, which is exciting. Yeah. I mean, anything else you guys do other than travel credits that you to get going at the beginning of the year? Uh, in general, just like at the beginning of the year, I like kind of start thinking about 
you know, I think it's just a good time to assess your miles and points balances and like where you're thinking of going. Well, for me, normally I know, like I know most of the places I plan to go in 2020 and it's becomes time for me to start thinking about 2021 and asking myself, you know, what do I need to earn um, to get to where I want to go in 2021? So I always find the beginning of the year, a good time to just take stock of where I am, uh, where my family is with our miles and points and where we're going to go in terms of the airline fee credits is kind of funny. Um, since I think my preferred method isn't going to work or is going to get clawed back. Last year, I did it within like the first week. This year, I haven't decided yet. Like, should I do it within the first week or should I wait to see um, if things start happening? Because I don't know. I'm a little a little gun shy right now, so I'm not sure what to do. Yeah, that's interesting. To That's an interesting thought of, to wait to see if things get clawed back this year or not. Um, but yeah, I mean, anything is on the table as far as clawbacks it goes, uh, especially with American Express, it seems. So there certainly is no surefire way to get these credits without just actually, like you say, paying for flights and paying for seat upgrades and whatever else uh, counts. So, Which I don't even think seat upgrades actually work for it. I think it has to be a seat selection. Like if you purchase into main cabin and then you try to upgrade to a Delta first class, so like how they always offer that for like $100 or whatever, I'm not even sure if that technically codes for it, which is crazy. Yeah, I remember I trying that. I I cannot say whether it was for American Express or for City or whatever, but I do remember trying that a few years ago. That exact uh, scenario, Delta, main cabin, upgrading to either Economy Plus or First Class, and I remember it did not track, and I was pretty annoyed. Yeah, I think if you reach out to them and ask them to do a manual credit, they'll do it for it. They haven't for me in the past, but it's something that for some reason it's not supposed to work, even though it it seems like it's in the spirit of the terms, even though it's it's not laid out that way. I think it's actually uh, against the terms. It's one of the things that is restricted, but it, I don't know why that wouldn't count. I mean, it, I don't know. This whole credit is stupid. <laughs> yeah, I think they're viewing it as like a seat a seat assignment or like an exit row or something is in the same class. When you're upgrading to a different class, they're seeing it as basically you booking the ticket. But I agree with you. I mean, it is an incidental fee, so it doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. Just wait till Amex sees how many cheese plates I buy this year. They're gonna they're gonna wish that they had given me this credit normally. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, yeah. So lots of good stuff. It's always exciting. It's always a little sad to see a year go and sort of de- watch deals die. There's a lot of American Express offers that like ended on the end of the year, um, but the new year brings new opportunities, and there will be all kinds of great deals to come, and uh, hopefully some great deals of the year like that Delta Vacations deal that. Uh, Joe loves so much. (laughs) All right. And so let's move into rapid fire. And uh, I just wanted to point out last week on the show, we talked about, I talked a little bit about my stay at the Grand Hyatt at SFO airport. And there's a full review now on the website with pictures and everything else, a much more detailed review. If you were interested in finding out more about that and then, uh, yeah, Mark, you want to start us off with rapid fire? Yeah. The first one is about, uh, I hit my 49 milestone with, uh, world of Hyatt, which I'd written about a couple weeks ago, how I was planning on doing it using plastic, plastic, not plastic. I always want to make it French. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I used plastic to hit the 15 K spend, um, to get my free night. And I got, uh, the six credits that pushed me over the top. If you remember, this was the podcast episode where Joe, uh, froze for like five minutes to do his math. So I hit it and they, you get three choices. You can get 5,000 points, a $100 gift card, or 10,000 points t- towards a find experience. And I ended up going with the 5,000 points, even though technically on the face value, that's the least valuable one because 5,000 points is worth around $85. $100 gift cards, 
pretty close to $100. And the 10,000 points towards a find experience is worth $140 because Hyatt points go for 1.4 cents a piece on find experiences. Um, I give you a little details of, of why I chose points, just ease, ease of it. That's guaranteed to get me a night at a one category one hotel, I guess I should say, if it's not peak time, which is annoying. Um, and the $100 gift card probably wouldn't get me a, a night at any of the hotels um, that I'd stay at. So, and the find thing is just too too much bandwidth for me to search and try to figure out something that works. So I went the easy route and it actually is probably the most valuable to me, even though on face it's the least valuable option. Uh, yeah. Real quick on the, on what you chose, I did this earlier in the year and I chose a hundred dollar gift card mainly because I have a lot of points. And then when I'm staying on property at Hyatt, I would like to offset different charges for food or whatever else I have to do. So I figured that was good. But I think for a lot of people, the decision that you made is is the right one. And uh, I definitely don't see any any fault in choosing the points in that scenario. Um, Thanks so, yeah. for your stamp of approval, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> I actually wrote a post earlier. I believe I actually wrote the same post earlier this year with my. Yeah, decision. you did because you hit it like in the first month or something crazy yeah, like that. So. All right. And then the the second rapid fire, I just wanted we just updated our shopping portal guide for 2020. And this is the post that you can show to your friends who don't use shopping portals. It's basically a kind of an introduction to what the best shopping portals are, what's the best process to use a portal, um, you know, how to make sure everything tracks, all that good stuff. So we just updated that for 2020 and uh, you can find it on the, on the website. And yeah, like I said, it's great to show to people and to get them sort of into the thinking about how they can uh, maximize the return on their shopping. Quick question for you guys on that. Ever since um, Ebates or Rakuten went to membership rewards, do you find yourselves going there more or do you still kind of go to the portals that give you the most back? I still go to the portals that give the most back, although I do factor in, you know, the Rakuten that I'm earning membership rewards. So I give it a little bit more than 1% value, but I'm still looking for the better return. There's been a lot of times where Rakuten is at 1% and I'm able to get four or 5% somewhere else, I'm not going to choose to earn the membership rewards in that case. But if it's somewhere that's paying 2% and I can get one X, then it becomes a little, a little bit questionable. So I really, I, for me, I basically sort of, and I kind of explained this in the post, I have a few portals that I really favor because I feel like they track best and that they're the most reliable. So I try to use those. And for me to kind of go outside of that, it has to be a really high payout. And so that's sort of how I, I do that. And Rakuten is certainly one of the few that I use all the time. Although in a separate article this past week, I wrote about how I have had issues with them tracking properly too. So it's never foolproof. You really do have to follow up on any portal just to make sure you're getting paid. So my rapid fire is one that doesn't apply to me, but hopefully applies to some of you. There is a targeted Amex offer going around for saving $15 at Sam's Club if you spend $30 or more. Um, so for those of you like me who like to go to Disney World, uh, you can buy Disney gift cards there and get the $15 back. It's just a easy kind of rebate on your purchases or, you know, buy whatever you want for more than uh, $30. So quick and easy. Hopefully you got targeted for that Amex offer. And I have the last one. Rapid fire number four is uh, um, Ryan wrote a post about which credit cards offer primary rental insurance coverage. And this is great because it allows you, if you have a credit card and you pay for the car rental with this, it allows you to uh, skip the fees um, to book their insurance. And it also is primary, so it will um, take care of any damage and theft or anything like that before it goes to your actual car insurance company. So he listed off all the cards that 
that work for that. And most of them are chase cards. Um, City just recently nerfed there, so they don't have any type of rental insurance. American Express, you can uh, purchase a plan with any of their cards towards it. And it's actually cheaper than getting it at the dealership. So if you have or not the dealership, but it's actually cheaper if you get it through American Express versus getting it at the car rental place. So that's an option if you don't have the ch- one of the chase cards listed. Um, if you do rent cars often, it's probably worth getting one of the chase cards on the on the list just to have that peace of mind. I know I use my Ink Plus most of the time because a lot of my travel is business related since I write about it. So then that gives me primary coverage, even though I don't rent cars all that often. It's it's nice to have it there. All right. Yeah. And uh, that's going to do it for the show. Before we go, uh, Joe, where can people find you during the week? You can find me at As Joe Flies, all of our social media, writing asajoeflies.com. You can find my other Miles and Points podcast at saverossyobservationdeck.com and my Disney podcast at disneydecipher.com. Mark? I should point out that I'm uh, the podcast Iron Man of the group. I'm the only one that has not missed an episode this year, but that's for another day. Sean, make sure you give you me mean, a badge. You mean last year, Mark? <laughs> last year. Last year. I haven't make, missed an episode this you're year. You're the only one who has to show up and do nothing else, so... <laughs> Oh, I write up all the stuff at the afterwards. Anyways, true, true. <laughs> you can find me on the website, Miles to Memories, uh, comment on any of my articles and I'll respond to you there. Email me at mark at miles to memories.com or find me in our Miles to Memories Facebook group uh, links on our website uh, if you're not a member already. And Sean? Yeah, I wanted to mention our groups. We actually have three Facebook groups. So at Miles to Memory, at Facebook.com forward slash Miles to Memories is our page, and you can find all three of our groups there. We have our uh, Miles and Points group with 11,000 members, a reselling group with 3,000 members, and then our rapidly growing Disney Hacks group. So yeah, join any of those, uh, get in the discussion, talk about this great stuff. Love to see you on Facebook. And uh, if you do like the show, please consider subscribing, mtmpodcast.com. You can find all of the links. And uh, leave us a a review if you really have been enjoying the show. Let us know what you think. We uh, appreciate everybody else. In 2020, we're looking forward to continuing the show. Keep keep it growing. Great content. And uh, all I can say is Happy New Year. Thanks so much. See you next week. Happy New Year. Year. Bye. Bye. Um, can you pull uh, up Audacity? You know what? I know what it is. Your... I know what it is. I know what it is. Yeah. I, I, I'm in stupid opera and the VPN was on. I think that must've been what it is. Oh my gosh, dude. I told I know. you to use Chrome. No, because Chrome wasn't working even with the new link. It had a bad cookie from before or whatever. So, oh, actually I don't know about you're a bad way. cookie. Yeah, well. <laughs> Outtakes Sean looking like well, a fool. You... <laughs> I'm looking like a fool. Squadcast is what sucks, man. <laughs> yeah, squad. They all suck. You broke up, so your insult didn't come through. So, <laughs> all right. So, uh, my rapid fire is uh, not applicable to me, but hopefully applicable to. It's not applicable. Did I even say that word right? I don't even know. Yes, applicable. Applicable. <laughs> Just pick a different word. Right. I'm not- Na. Gonna pick a different word. All right. Yeah. I mean, the, uh, I think you're right, Mark. Uh, it used to come with American airline status. Uh, I don't want to do it that way. Not status. Lounge status, access. whatever.
All right, Mark. Yeah, I think you're right. It did come with American Airlines uh, status. And uh, as we close this out, I wanted to ask you guys if you had anything else to add. No, it's not status. I said status? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And status. <laughs> yeah. No, just lounge access. All right, Mark. I think you're right. It did come with uh, American Airlines lounge status and uh, not lounge status. Oh, my God. Oh what my the God. heck, man? <laughs> this is what happens when I record at nine in the morning. <laughs> just write All it right. on a piece of paper. I'm a professional here. Hold on. I got it. <laughs> Are you ready? I got to wait for Mark to stop laughing. All right. You're still breaking up, Sean. Can we try Chrome again? If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.